That was our best one yet. Cheers. Cheers, cheers, cheers. Cheers, cheers. cheers. That was was explosive. I even got some on my get some on your eye. My glasses there. (laughs) You did a little bit of foam (laughs) on the lens. Ah, welcome everybody, Dad Life Podcast. I'm Ryan. Hi, I'm Chris. And today, as always, we are drinking a beer, and this is a special day because today we have not only a beer from the great state of Pennsylvania, we also have a guest from the great state of Pennsylvania. We do. Yeah, specifically. This is the East End Brewery. This is in Pittsburgh, PA, where I work for Duolingo, where it's headquartered. So I have been to the East End. They have a couple of locations throughout Pittsburgh. Nice. Super good brewery. Um, We have a couple of glasses that we bought from one of our trips there, Courtney and I. And this one is called a Big Hop. It is an entirely green can with a frog on it. It is an IPA. It's cool looking. It is cool looking. It's an American ale, and it's uh, 5.8 by volume alcohol. Alcohol. And I'm going in. Chris, tell me what you think. Not a first East Coast offering, but definitely our first Pennsylvania beer, if I'm not mistaken. Have you brought any back from Pennsylvania? I was trying to rack my brain if I had. I don't know if I have. We have one in the in the pipe. Well, yeah, we have one in the in the fridge in the that can. I brought back, but yeah, we yeah, haven't yeah. drank it yet. We haven't yet. Yeah. Well, uh, today's episode, uh, we have a guest I'll introduce here. Uh, he's my good friend and coworker, Sam Fleischman. Sam? Who also is a dad, because we're on the Dad Life Podcast. What's up, dude? How you doing? It's great to be here, guys. Thanks for coming all this way to Utah. Absolutely. Had to. All the way from PA. All the way from Western PA. Representing the, what's the area code? 15207? It's a a 412. Representing the 412. I did did the zip code because I'm a moron. (laughs) That's cool, too, though. (laughs) The 84041 in the house. (laughs) I'm the one five one zero one. Well, there you go. Oh yeah, because yeah. you're just outside, I'm just the, outside of the berg. The berg. But I didn't choose a four one two. They I, chose it for you. No, <laughs> they they actually gave me a different option than four one two, and now nobody in Pittsburgh knows why I have an eight seven eight because nobody else has. An why do you eight, have an eight seven eight? Eight seven eight was easier to remember than four one two. How? <laughs> why? <laughs> that makes no sense. <laughs> I'm confused. <laughs> Well, were they just adding a new... These three numbers. They were adding these They were adding a new zip... Or, uh, new area code. An area code. Okay. Kind of yeah. like Utah did with the 435. 435, four, yeah. Did they add that in, like, when Park City started to, like, really, really start to populate? Or was it, I think it was just close to everything I... other than the Salt Lake Valley type of deal? Yeah, I think everywhere was just growing. Because I remember being a kid and they're like, yeah, we've got about a million people in Utah. And I was like, wow, well, that's it. Just a yeah. million. And now, of course, we're much bigger than If that. you're not 801, you're 435, and then you kind of assume it's you're kind of a loser. Park City, Tu Tuella, or somewhere, somewhere else. Somewhere west. South. New Mexico's all 541. The whole thing. The whole thing. No, 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 no. Sorry. Uh-oh. 505. Ooh. The 505. Could have been shot there. 541 was my area code in Oregon. In Oregon, yeah. Yeah. We would have lost all our followers in yep. New Mexico. Yep, so I'm getting jumbled. I've, I've lived a lot of places, so I forgot. So, Sam, talk to me. You're not originally from Pittsburgh. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about your past. Talk us through you know, where you grew up and then kind of where you ended up before Pittsburgh. I'm a West Coast guy, so uh, I understand the 541, the 503. The 360 was mine growing up. Uh, Oakland, Seattle, Portland, Vancouver, Vancouver, Washington. Not Canada. Not Vancouver, BC, and not 
in Washington, D.C., Vancouver in Washington State. There's where I grew up. Two back-to-back Washingtons. Pretty cool. Nice. But then where? Because that's the most important part. Yeah, that's pretty important. Uh, <laughs> from from Washington, I went to university in Idaho. There you go. And from Idaho, um, I graduated with a degree in education and moved to Singapore. Boom. To teach English? No, to teach social studies. I was the high school social studies teacher at an international community school in Singapore. How did that come to be? Just curious. Like, how did you like, oh, screw it. I'm going to Singapore. So I wanted to teach inner city. Okay. Um, I was in high school and I thought, well, I want to be a school counselor. Okay. Um, there was some stuff going on in my high school and I was able to help the counselors. And I thought I could do this. Yeah. Inner city doesn't pay very well. Nope. Big surprise. Which sucks because you have, um, I think, a larger breadth of experience and, and I guess, savvy to help kids be successful in a tougher environment, right? Yeah, it, it was absolutely what I wanted to do as a 21, 22-year-old. Um, I read a book actually called Savage Inequalities. Okay. The goal of the book, I think, was to inspire people to teach inner city. Really? And, and it showed me that if I taught inner city, I'd probably be there forever. No, you just, that's the rest of your life. Hmm. Okay. And I did want to be a dad. Yeah. And I didn't know that I wanted to raise my kids in inner city. Yeah. Um, and then one of my good friends said, hey, my, uh, my friend, he's a PE teacher in Jakarta, Indonesia. <laughs> <laughs> that's a big change. And uh, he, he makes $50,000 a year. That sounded nice. He has a gardener. He has a maid, he has a butler, he has a driver, and what? he teaches, and he has got a swimming pool. And as a 22-year-old, you're like, hell And I was yeah. like, I will apply. Immediately. To Sekola Palita <laughs> Herapan in Jakarta, Indonesia. And they said, we don't take people without teaching experience. Damn. That's incredible. I have a lot of questions. You um, can hit them with me as you want. So you're helping out in your high school and helping your counselor. Where did you go to high school and what were you guys doing and made you think I want to teach inner city? What kind of issues were you dealing with with your counselor? Can you talk about any of this? Yeah, I can talk about okay. it. I'm not under confidentiality. I'm just making sure. No. Um, so Vancouver, Washington, um, we were a brand new high school. So I went to a junior high. Uh, I think we've talked about this before and um, uh, I haven't, you guys have uh, oh. a junior high seven, eight, nine. Yep. And then I went to a high school for 10th grade. And then we went to a brand new high school for 11th and 12th grade. Oh, damn. Okay. Um, and then that's high school because I was a junior and there were no seniors. We had a lot of leadership opportunities. And there were some things going on. Um, a, a good friend of mine, her her brother, killed himself. Okay. And um, I, I was involved in leadership. And I had a group of, of I guess, gothic SLC punk kind of. Okay. Oh yeah. I get the yeah. reference. And, uh, and then we had a group of, of really strong Christian and the really strong Christian were telling the really gothic group, well, your friend's going to hell. Well, this is cause good. he killed himself. Here it goes. And I'm oh, sitting here Jesus. from a Christian faith saying, yep. guys, that's, it's not really that helpful. No. Or you don't know. Yeah. And so I started being a mediator, um, in an area where counselors weren't able to be a mediator. Uh, and I thought, man, I'm, I enjoy this. And, and both, both sides came to me and both sides could work with me. And I thought, well, that's cool. I have the ability to do that. 
maybe I could do that full time. Um, and then I remembered uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, Dangerous Minds. Oh, yeah, I was actually going to ask you about that movie. I thought it, it it cliche to ask, but yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, no. So I was thinking about everything that I could do in a high school, and then I remembered that, and I was like, "There's a lot of need in inner city, even more than where I am." And so I started that path. Okay. And then somebody oh. told me I could make more money in Jakarta, Indonesia. Change your path a little bit. Immediately, it would my path. too. <laughs> it, it seemed very. Um, I think adult and mature for you to think that you wanted to do that in high school. At seventeen, because I was too. not thinking about no. helping the youth and and uh, you know making the world a better place when I was that no. age. I was I probably giving. I was wanting to get away from high school and go to Jakarta and you know have fun because it's close to Bali, right? Yeah. So it was very forward thinking uh, on your part. Um, pretty grown up for your your age yeah, what but the hell man you were affected i'm <laughs> guessing by your friend's passing so it it may it must have had a, quite an effect yeah it, it did um i think the the connections after the fact also helped with that um like being being able to help like his passing was was one thing but being able to see the impact of helping yeah yeah was was um elsewhere it was it was cool. It was a good opportunity. And I actually think my dad, since this is Dad Life Podcast, I think my dad showed a lot of what kindness and compassion and grace can be in relationships. And I think I tried to embody that as much as I could. So I was a career counselor in Singapore and Hong Kong for nearly 14 years, meaning I worked with kids on their academic stuff. Very few kids at 17 have a mindset of what they want to do. Yeah. So I recognized that that was odd even then. So J yeah. Jakarta says no. You Jaka have to have, yeah, you, have, you, no. have to have teaching experience. So then walk me through how Singapore happened. I mean, I know where you came from, obviously, but how did, how did that work out? Like you just applied and they're like, yeah, come be a counselor with no experience. Right. Yeah. I mean, I applied to a lot of different places at that point in time. Um, and I applied through a, a network of international Christian schools. Okay. Um, and they don't, they don't typically pay well. Yeah. They're not typically very big and they have more of a mentorship type approach. Okay. And so they said, yeah, you're 22, but you're forward thinking. You got the skills, you have the degree. Yep. You could come to Singapore and teach. So I had a job offer in Singapore or Suriname. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, and through the, that network, through that, through that network. network. Okay, so I chose Singapore. Yeah, and you were in Singapore for how long? You already said it, but six I've, six years in Singapore. Six years, and then transferred to Hong Kong, and then Hong Kong for seven and a half, doing the same thing. Correct, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, pretty much. School teacher, then school counselor, and yeah. then mostly focused on college counseling, helping students find the university of their choice. Yeah. So, where did you graduate in Idaho? Northwest Nazarene University in Nampa. Okay, Nampa. I, I know Nampa. That's I like that area. That we almost moved there, but um, we just couldn't make it all ends yeah. meet. But it's a cool spot. The Nazarene part. So um, you said you were going and applying to a lot of international Christian schools. So were all of your students English-speaking Christians? So was that the lane you were down all the time? No, not necessarily. Um, 
of the students in Singapore, a, a lot of them were Christian. Um, a lot of them were missionary kids. Okay. So we had a lower salary in order for missionary kids to be able to go to school. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, but then there were other kids who were not of any faith. Yeah. And their parents wanted them in a Christian school. And then there were other kids who were not of any faith and their parents wanted them in an American school. They uh -huh. didn't care whether it was Christian or atheist. Didn't they just wanted them. American education. Yep. Okay. Were you speaking primarily English or did you learn the language? It's one of the biggest disappointments of my nearly 14 years <laughs> of, uh, of living in Asia is. I get it. You can, yeah. you don't have to. No. I mean, which is almost, um, I don't know. I don't want to call it selfish or arrogant, but it kind of is. A I spent bit. a year in Korea and I never learned more than like five or six words. Yeah. Because we didn't have to and because everyone knew enough to get around with just English, which, ooh, you know. Which is yeah. one of the most difficult parts of English, right? Because I think for the most parts of the world, not everywhere, most kids grow up and learn a few phrases of English, right? That is like the most renowned language that yeah. people learn throughout the world. So kind of hinders those that grew up with English because most people can actually get a few phrases out of you. Sure. So enough to get, yeah, you know, the basics, right? Yep. <laughs> Understand the basics of what you're trying to do, whether that be, you know, food, water, transportation, right? Yep. The music people listen to. <laughs> Why do you, why you got to bring that? The, the, the shows they I mean, watch if you on. Want, if you want me to put you on blast on the podcast, Sam, I am happy to do so. I'll do it right now. <laughs> no, the, I want to get to uh, the whole part of this podcast, not the fact that you have no idea who 311 is. I don't even want to talk about that. That's a shame. I want to yeah. talk about <laughs> you raising your three boys internationally. I have no experience with that. I've been international. Chris has been international, but we have no experience trying to raise our children in a foreign country. So can you talk? I mean, I the only experience that I even have is my old boss um, had a few kids in China because he's working in Beijing. Mm -hmm. And one of them had a ton of health issues. So they actually had to fly home and move home because there was just the medical care in, in China at that time was really poor. And so that's the only experience I've ever heard. Mm -hmm. I'm just curious, you know, can you talk about, you know, when you first learned that you were pregnant, you know, what you thought about, like, as far as healthcare goes, and then, of course, raising your, your young ones in two different countries. Just walk us through that. Be sweet. Yeah, so I got three boys, uh, currently age six, eight, ten. But the eight-year-old is here with me in Utah, and we are going to be celebrating his ninth birthday at a University of Utah football game. Boom. Wow. On pretty home. awesome. Yeah. Nice. So pretty excited about that. Um, so I got three boys. One was born in Singapore, two, yep. two born in Hong Kong. You alluded to your boss having a, a child in China that yep. had major, major health issues. Um, I have one who has major yep. health issues. And that was part of the, that was part of the drive for us to move back to the United States as well. Um, we didn't really, you know, from, you said when you first found out you were going to have a kid, yeah. you know, excited, of course you have, you know, I was a teacher, I was a school counselor. My wife was the middle school principal. So we have all the students that we worked with that were always like, when are you going to have a kid? When are you going to have a kid? When are you going to have a kid? Cause they know no boundaries. They're well, going to ask you that if, question. If it wasn't the students asking you, it would have been your parents, you know, if you lived home. Yeah. It would have been from yeah. somewhere. So. 
somebody was going to be asking us. Yeah, of course. Um, so when we when we had him, we realized we're not going to be able to probably stay in Singapore and afford to stay in Singapore, okay. going from two salaries to one and having a kid. So that's when I started looking for Hong Kong. Oh, so that really was your move. Oh, that makes total. Okay. The catalyst right there. Yeah, yeah that made you move to Hong Kong. Okay. Yeah, but having a kid in, in Singapore was great. Yeah. Having having three kids uh, in total in Hong Kong, fabulous. Um, that was not what I thought you were going to say. No, I actually thought the opposite. No, I loved it. Now, to be fair, in Hong Kong, I lived in like the, the ritzy south beachside western part of hong kong so okay westernized westernized okay yeah um and so it was it was pretty fun it was pretty easy it was an international school setting yeah um i did send my eldest to a all cantonese preschool Ooh, how did west do with that west did not do great with that yeah um whereas august and exodus i think would have loved it yeah west very much recognized that he was not Chinese. Yeah. And didn't understand why he should be in a Chinese school when he yeah. was not Chinese. Hmm. That would be rough. <laughs> that would be really rough. I have felt that way many times in getting in a cab. Where I'm like, I don't, I, I can't communicate here. I don't belong here. I need to get out of this cab. The guy hates me. <laughs> Did he have resentment to mom and dad? Mom, dad, why do I have to go here? Why can't I just go with, you know, the other English-speaking kids. No, I don't. I don't think he did. I mean, he was young. I don't think he resented it. He liked the walk. Like it was a ten-minute walk to the school, so he and my wife got to walk for ten minutes. Cool. And uh, then he'd go to school for three hours. Then he'd walk back with my wife, and I think he liked that. That's very cool. He didn't like learning Chinese. Yeah. I can but, um, only imagine. Yeah, I don't like learning. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard. It's really hard. It's so hard. I totally get it. August, who's here with me in Utah, though, um, he spent a fair amount of time in the hospital in Hong Kong, and his tone is good. Tones are hard. Tone. He's got it. He Tones thinks it's he thinks hard. it's kind of easy, actually. Of course he does. You'd have to meet August. The tone and what do you mean by tone? Oh yeah, I gotta explain tones. You the best you can. You, you, Your inflection. You can, you can, I can explain. You can tones. explain tones. You got it. So, in Mandarin and Cantonese, there are certain words that the tone of the word can mean different things. And what I mean by tone is like up and low tone or high tone, right? Like, ni hao ma, like dun dun dun, you know how that goes up and down? Sure. So, different, different words, and of course, I'm not a professional by any means, mean different things. And you can just really screw up. It's like if I compare it to... Maybe a southerner, a deep southerner trying to speak with a Boston accent, right? Okay. That would sound pretty funny. So when I try and do tones in Cantonese and Mandarin, it sounds terrible because I don't get it, right? I just don't. But make... it would have, in the wrong inflection, have a different meaning. It could with certain words. Yes. yes. See, that's... Not all words. That's intimidating. Yeah, it's really sucky. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. So the one I learned in Mandarin was and I'm still not gonna get the tones right, was Buhaisa. And it it basically translates to I'm really sorry that I'm an idiot is really what it translates to. So I always led with that, be like, I'm really sorry that I don't speak your language. Good, good opener. Yeah. And they they would kind of laugh and be like, Yeah, you're you're a big dumb American. So <laughs> anyway, those are tones. Yeah. 
Interesting. But in, your in, son's good at it. In Mandarin, there's four tones. So you can go, you can go up at the end, or you can go down at the end, or you can do ni hao, hao. Yep. You can like an inflection down and up, or you can just go straight like boo, boo. That's not, it's not an inflection. In yep. Cantonese, there are nine tones. There are nine different ways to exhibit that word. So it's very hard. It sucks. <laughs> and yeah. they and they could like one thing could mean nine different things. Can Mandarin speaking people also speak Cantonese with at least a little bit, or is it totally separate? When I've asked that question, <laughs> they have said they can't. It's totally separate. Okay, but that's not been my experience. Yeah. They, 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 they're much more able to adapt to Cantonese, even though they say it's totally separate. Okay. And it, there's, we could have a whole podcast about the language. Yeah, no, I'm just super interested. That's, I mean, there's so many, um, ins and outs of raising a family, the experience your, your children had, the experiences you had. Um, so it sounds like you left hong kong and move back to the united states did you go right to pittsburgh and start working for duolingo what was that transition and how did you find duolingo i was in the middle of the school year november of 2018 okay. when i left hong kong i sent him a i sent him a, a shirtless photo of myself um that'll win anyone over i mean that i said sam it's time and then next thing you know he's in pittsburgh but how did you know each other? I, you know, I just, I usually send my, uh, a shirtless picture. It's of myself. part of your like LinkedIn. It's your kind of what I do. Zip recruiter. See, you know, anyway. Yeah. I'm <laughs> sorry. Sam. <laughs> no, I, I couldn't turn down that offer. <laughs> well, the um, reason I say shirtless is, you know why? You know why? Tell me more. Your interview. My, my. Your interview is pretty infamous at Duolingo. Uh, so you think so. you know why? So I was a, a school counselor at Hong Kong International School. We send our students from HKIS to top universities around the world. One of the universities, um, reps, um, she shifted from Duke to Washington University of St. Louis and then from Washington University of St. Louis to Duolingo English test. And she, and she called me. Okay, and that I was, was kind of your your connection. That was my connection to her. Okay, and so she called me, and this to me, she's a friend, mm -hmm. right? So she's calling me, and it's Singapore or it's Hong Kong, and it's hot in Hong Kong. It's in the tropics. I'm just wearing a, a tank top. Why wouldn't you be? I'm just wearing a tank top. I was not shirtless. That's not what I heard. She well, called you. I said, but you no, didn't know this was a job I, interview. I, I didn't. You thought shirtless. you were taking a phone call from a friend, and it turned I, out I mean, to be a job I was taking, interview. I was taking a video call from a friend. I had no idea that, like, and I should probably not have been wearing a tank top or shirtless uh, if the story has. Progressed. I'm pretty sure that's progressed to shirtless. Okay. I'm sorry, but if my friend is calling me, I'm not going to put my shirt on. Why do you always Girl have a shirt on when I talk? Yeah. Um. Okay. Because it's he's not in Hong Kong. He's in Utah. It's cold out there right now. It's cold. <laughs> anyway. So, no, she did she did call me, and then uh, um, she didn't notice that I was wearing a tank top and mentioned it, and I thought that was kind of interesting. But then we were talking, and then at the end of the phone call, I realized why she noticed it and thought it was interesting because she was essentially saying, 
there might be a job here for you. Yeah. Okay, so it wasn't the actual it was not job the actual. interval. No, he didn't interview. show up to a this job interview shirtless, which would have been badass, by the way. <laughs> I'm here for the job yeah. interview. Just shirtless. I'm here to party. Shirtless, yeah. No, so um, Duolingo English test was trying to expand. Um, and, you know, Ryan had been working, you know, for two years at that point, trying to help it expand and had, had grown it a lot. And we were getting to a point where they needed to keep hiring people. And so... They, uh, I knew a lot of people and I know the industry really well Sorry. and, and <laughs> they didn't call me for the job. They called me to see if I work on an advisory board capacity. Okay. And so I, I came on as an advisor to be a like, consultant and yeah. how can we, how can you help us kind of thing? Not work full time. Yeah, no. And, um, the more I learned about the company, I met the CEO, um, who Ryan has talked about on the podcast. Yep. Um, and I was like, this is really cool. And then they announced a, one of the jobs that they were going to be hiring for. And I thought, man, I could probably do that job. Would this be the thing that draws us back to the United States? Okay. All my family's in Alaska, New Mexico, Oregon, and Washington. So Pittsburgh makes no sense. <laughs> it's a little closer than Hong Kong, though, yeah. dude. It's a little closer. A little yeah. closer. A little closer. Not, not a lot. A wee bit. Yeah. So A wee bit. A wee bit. <laughs> I talked to... Uh, the director of admissions at Carnegie Mellon University, which is a pretty well-known university. And he was recruiting my students at HKAS. And I said, I'm, I'm moving to Pittsburgh. And he said, oh, you're going to love it. Pittsburgh is the Hong Kong of Southwest Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> this well, is the yeah. first time I've heard this <laughs> reference. That is a this old like, statement. Sounds like sir. old hat, though. Yeah. It was old hat. <laughs> because, you know, he's, he's the director of admissions. So when he's in Jordan... And he's talking to parents and they're like, where's Pittsburgh? He's like, let me just tell you. <laughs> oh, Pittsburgh is the Amman Jordan of Southwest PA. He, this guy knows how to sell. It's exactly what he would do. And and the parents would be like, oh, oh really? that's nice. Oh, really? And he'd be like, look, Johannes Pittsburgh is the Johannesburg of Southwestern PA. Of because if you think about Southwestern PA, there's nothing there except for one city. So he, it's not a lie. <laughs> Well, sure. There's humans, there's buildings, there's water, there's the bridges. Rivers. I mean, yeah, sure. So, sounds like a good salesman. <laughs> Sold me. Sold me. And you met your wife where? Northwest Nazarene University. Okay, I did ask good you that. Is Idaho. she from Idaho? She's from Alaska. Alaska. But she also grew up in Jakarta, Indonesia. Interesting. Yeah. How this has come full circle here. There we go. That's so it. is that how you guys knew the friend that was teaching in Chicago? There was no connection there? No, but the only reason I think she probably married me is I had a job in Singapore and she wanted to go back to Asia. <laughs> <laughs> well, now it's on a podcast. So what part of Alaska <laughs> did she grow up? Um, in the peninsula, if you're familiar, uh, Kenai Peninsula. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Only reason I know it, I'm so, I'm going to apologize to Noel in advance. The only reason I know that is because of the Alaska State Trooper show. There's so many Alaska shows, dude. I know, but that's the only reason there's I know. There's a lot. It. Yeah, there's a lot. Because they're always on that peninsula. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, well, that's where that is. Anyway, sorry. That's the only reason I know. Yeah. Never been there. It's beautiful. I'd like to go. I sent my son like up this go. summer by himself. Flew him up to... To his grandparents. Yeah. So. That's awesome. I hang out with his grandparents in Kenai. Very cool. Yeah, my parents did the same thing to Oregon when we were small. Because my grandparents were building the house out there. 
we got flown out, me and my brother, to help them yeah. build their house. Nice. So it was fun. Anyway, um, I I always just imagine, and it, this question has kind of always been in the back of my mind, you know, was there ever, and, and I think a lot of people have asked me, especially with the country of China, and I know Hong Kong until recently was very different. Mm-hmm. Um, I always said, well, how, you know, how did you feel safe? How did you feel safe in China? And I've always, my answer has always been, I've never felt safer than anywhere else in the world than I was in China. Like, you break the law in China, you know what happens to you in China? Like, nobody's breaking the law. Like, <laughs> like it was very safe. I never felt scared about, about anything. Did you ever, with kids specifically, my question would be, did you ever worry about their safety being an American in Singapore and or Hong Kong? No, no, I don't think I ever worried about their safety um, in Singapore or Hong Kong. I do recognize that I am a above average size white demonstrative man. Yeah. And that gives a little bit of safety and security in sure. some Asian cities. Um, and in Singapore and Hong Kong, former British colonies, there was that, there was that safety net. Okay. I, su- I suppose. Um, but no, even when I was playing, I was playing competitive soccer in Singapore, um, not as a full-time job, just in tournaments. And I would play on Christian Chinese teams. I'd play on Malay Muslim teams. I'd play on mixed teams. And they would even be like infighting a little bit. Yeah. Never felt unsafe even in those settings. Because you're right. If you break the law, you're going to be punished. Yep. There you go. Give me an example. Uh, I don't. I don't know what exactly about you feeling the. I guess fear of re- reprisal or breaking the law over. And well, I'll give you my. You can Hong give Kong. your Sam. I'll give you mine. Um, in China, capital punishment is very real, and labor like camps are very real. So let's say you have a a bag of weed on you. You can go to labor camp for that and never be seen again. Never, ever. It's a it's a forever thing. I it, not necessarily, if, but if, but if it can happen. Enough. Okay, yeah. So it, hmm. it's stuff like that where yeah, they're not gonna, no one's coming to rob me. You're right? not gonna you're not gonna talk shit to the police. No, over absolutely there. not. Okay, because you just it's just a the government's not screwing around, right? Right. Like that's the at least in China that was my experience. I don't have any real examples that would cause me to say. Uh, I, I, if I did this, I would get in trouble. Um, but because the society had like this mentality, but also Singapore to me was incredible because you had so many different religions all on a small Island and so many different people and socioeconomic disparity. Um, and people just respected at least for the most part, one another. And there was never there to me, there was never any fear about it. Um, Hmm. But you just would you would choose to respect people rather than do something bad. Yeah. Sure, sure. Um, how do we institute that type of cultural harmony here? Because we have way more <laughs> issues, and we have you know mm-hmm. usually A team, B team, let's say, and that's our our biggest struggle. You yeah. know what I mean? And you have a huge melting pot, and everybody kind of gets it and respects one another it's funny right it's interesting how it works right yeah i I think singapore is you know 
a very unique. I mean, they don't always get along, right? No, but, no, no, no. Um, I don't. I don't assume that for a second. But right. five five million people in a in a like very you can, small. You space. can get from east to west and north to south in less than an hour. So you got five million people in that space. Um, you're almost forced to get along a little bit. Yeah, and and because you're so diverse, you you know people, you know black people, you know Bangladeshi migrant workers, you know. British wealthy people, you know, wealthy Chinese people, you know, yeah. Muslims, you know, Christians, you know, Buddhists, you know, you have connections through school. Mm -hmm. And so when people say disparaging things against another culture or a race or a people group or an age, you have enough other, enough other people to check them and say, well, it's if you throw stones at one exactly. way, it's, you know, you're throwing stones at everybody in that sense, right? Yep. And I think... So if I were to answer your question, one, I think Alaska to Miami, Portland, Maine to Honolulu, Hawaii, the country's just too big. Sure. Yeah. Um, but the other one would be, you know, getting back to your question about how I raised kids internationally is exposing yeah. them to as many cultural differences and opportunities to learn as possible so that they realize their way is not always right. In fact, oftentimes their way is wrong, but it's still their way. And other people can learn about that. Yeah. And you can learn about other people's way. I think that's really important. And that's how we'd get there. We'd get there through education. You need to engrave that. That was pretty uh, sage advice right there. There you go. That was huge. People think this isn't a serious podcast. Nice work, Sam. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> All they do is drink beer and talk shit. No. We have no. Sam Fleischman on. Oh, thanks, Sam. I'm drinking a big hop right now from the East End. Mm. It's so delicious. I can only assume or imagine that um, there was some adjustment period and there may still be some for you and the missus and your children. And I'm sure everybody, you know, went at different paces to adjusting to living back in the, mm -hmm. you know, stars and stripes again. Yeah, I think so. Um, my six-year-old doesn't really remember much of Hong Kong anymore, but he, yeah. he knows that he was born there, and that's pretty cool. Sure. Um, I think it's probably been harder on on Noel and me than on the kids. Yeah. The kids are, if they've come back, they're in sports, they're in school. Um, they're um, kids. They're resilient. They're kids. They're resilient. Yeah. We kind of had a life that we were enjoying. Do you? Yeah. What do you miss, and what do you wish there was more of? Pools. <laughs> weather. No? The, we the weather. I would say the weather. Oh, man, I love the weather. Right? I'm a weird duck. I like humidity. That is wrong with that. It's yeah. not weird. That's weird. That's weird. I mean, people think it's weird. I, I, it's weird. I like humidity. Pittsburgh's humid, dude. Not like Hong Kong. Not like Hong Kong or Singapore. Okay. But I, I do miss the weather. Um, Hong Kong is on the same latitude as Cuba and Hawaii on yeah. the 23rd parallel, right? Interesting. I would have not known that. And you got beaches. You got mountains. Yep. You got a city. You got like New York and Asia. And at the same time, you can walk to a beach or walk a mountain if you'd like all in one day in Hong Kong. So I do miss that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I miss public transportation. That's really good. Big time. Yeah. Being able to just hop on a train. And, you know, you in Korea, you would have done that too. Yeah. Just be able to hop on a train and go sure. someplace. Oh. Yep. In Singapore, one of the first things we did as a married couple when we moved to Singapore, 
um, we got married and then moved two, two months later. And we were in Singapore and we just hopped on bus 143 and went until the terminus. And then we hopped on bus 76. Who remembers the numbers? Shout out bus 143. And then, and then we shout out Frank. (laughs) (laughs) Best bus driver ever in my life. Sorry. Sorry. I I don't know. I don't know that story. Frank, the bus driver. That's who I'm just assuming was your bus driver of one four one. I do have a story one four three, but 143. I do I do have a story about a bus. <laughs> there was one four three. Into the safety question about being like a white man, an American in Asia, there was a, a an art teacher, one of the best art teachers I know. Um, he left Singapore, um, and then he moved back to Singapore three years later, divorced. Okay, he got on a bus to come back to work. Three years had passed. And the bus driver, I don't think his name was Frank, well, said, hey, Stephen, where's so-and-so? What? The bus driver knew Stephen Dude. and Stephen's wife's name from three years prior. That's insane. And it was because Stephen is a great art teacher. He's also like one of the kindest and most fun-loving humans ever. And he engages with everyone. Yeah. Hmm. Then three years later, they did remember him. That's crazy. Uh, now, shout out to the UTA. Utah Transportation Authority Appreciate because it. Sam did get from the airport tracks to, baby to Layton all on his own lonesome. So Air, at least we have a small. Why Air, didn't you go pick him up, Brian? I was at work. Why didn't you call me? Why would I call you? Weren't you because working? You got to take air? a train to Salt Lake and then get on another train. It probably took you two hours. No, no, no. It took less. You take the Green Line from the airport to the South Temple Station. You drop yeah. on tracks and yeah. you're right to Layton. Then you got to, how'd you get from? I went and picked him up. You did oh. pick me up at the late and stop. So His I, flight got in. I can drive five miles, but not 35. You're too, too good at your job because he got in 30 minutes early. That's true. So way to go, air You're traffic welcome. control. For the first time ever, they did good. First time ever. <laughs> you did it. You got me in safe. I Beautiful. appreciate it. I'm here. Beautiful. He did come in from the north. I did check. So you did, you did carry him in. Yeah, for sure. So. What time and what day? He doesn't remember. Yeah, yesterday, <laughs> yesterday at ten o'clock, I was I, supposed. To, I was working. Yeah, thank you. I for, know. Thank you for bringing That's me in I safely. Huh. See who Appreciate knows it. who, huh, Chris? I said it. Chris got you. Yep. No worries. Yeah. Coming from the north, I know this. He knows my stuff, man. Anyway, <laughs> train uh-huh. was good. <laughs> so where where were we? We were on some sort of trajectory. Um, you had just been. Recently married and you moved to. Oh, yeah, we never finished the bus. And you, Finish your bus story. And you, you I interrupted. Took 143 you. to number 76. And there you go. Yeah. And what happened at 76? No, I was just saying that was one of the things that we did as a, as a newly married couple to just explore. And, oh, just and to learn. take it until just, it stops. Just take, take something until it stops. Oh, okay. And just explore. And, that, and that, I think that bonds you. I think that connects you to a, a, a new place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You see people, you see places. Um, I don't know why we got there, honestly. I don't know why I started telling you that story. I have no idea. I'll have to listen to the podcast to figure out what my mind was thinking. <laughs> I knew where you're going. I I, yeah. I was I would I was feeling it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Felt right. I think you were asking me something about what I miss and uh Yeah, yeah. What because of the adjustment coming yeah. from, you know, that environment to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania and the way of, you know, living in the United States so unbelievably different. Um not only as you know Americans and parents, but you know just as human beings, it's it's a different experience altogether. 
and you, I asked, what do you miss? Mm-hmm. Public the ability to go do a lot of different things all in the, you know, you know, drop of a hat in Hong yep. Kong sounded pretty awesome. Um, what were the mountains like there? Were we talking like not, hills? Are we talking like snow on the top? Not like the mountains you guys got here. My okay. uh, August, when he was flying in from the north, <laughs> thank you for bringing us in safely, Chris. Appreciate that. Shut up. Um, August was, I was, I pointed out the Salt Lake and then he's like, look at those mountains. And then we got out and got onto the green line. He's like, look at those mountains. Yeah. And, and th- not like that. They were more like hills in Hong Kong. Okay. But beautiful hills. But they're green. Yeah, no doubt. They're so green because they're tropical and yeah. okay. they're awesome. Yeah, it doesn't really get cold. Uh, in, it doesn't in snow Hong in Hong Kong. No. No. You just said same. You just want to ski. Same latitude. I already know what you're thinking. Well, that's where my mind was. I know. For a sec. <laughs> so I do, get, I do get messages on WhatsApp from a group of uh, guys that I taught with. Yeah. A surfing group. We went to Taiwan. I was going to ask. Right? We went to Taiwan and we surfed one time and they still surf in Hong Kong quite a bit. So how is the surf in Hong Kong? It's not great. But, but doable. Doable. I got a, a, a good friend of mine. He's lived in Big Wave Bay. Ooh. He's lived in Big Wave Bay for like you know, 13 years. Big Wave Bay sounds like it's right next to Summer Breeze Studios, right? It does. Just help on down Are the we, Big Wave Bay. Can you yeah. compare it to anything <laughs> stateside as far as the surf in Hong Kong, like maybe Florida? I've never surfed in Florida, so I don't know. Okay. Um... The waves are probably the same as they are in Portland, Oregon, which means they're not they're not big, they're not they're not great, but, but they're you, warmer. But you can you but, can but ride, there's, and they're rocky, a little bit rocky. Sure, are they but warm? You, you can ride, but you don't need a you don't need a wetsuit with a hoodie. I was gonna say, is it warm? In Portland, Portland, is not warm. No, in Portland, you need a wetsuit Zucks. with a hoodie. Yeah, yeah. cold Hong all Kong. the time. Hong Kong's still warm. Yeah, I like that. That's nice. And to kind of circle back, Vancouver, Washington is just across the river from Portland. So it's kind of like, they're almost like twin cities, I'd almost say. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah, I think Portland would not agree with that. But Vancouver, yeah, absolutely we agree with that. Well, There's I only mean, one twin cities. It, they're different states, different cities. I'm but in Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, it's better than St. Paul and Minneapolis. Absolutely. It's just yeah. across the Fucking river. Yeah. He's out. <laughs> he, he knows where your goat's tied up, I think, my he man. He does. Got it. Got him. I think Vancouver's the Minneapolis and Portland's the St. Paul is what I was really going for. <laughs> I don't know how to take that because I've not been to Vancouver. Van- Vancouver is, uh, you know, this is a great space to tell you this. Vancouver is where Willie Nelson made one of his big breaks. He was a radio DJ host what? in Vancouver, Washington. No so the shit. same guy that doesn't know who 311 is somehow has one of the most famous country singers of all time come from that city. None of this makes sense. Yeah. All right. There's a, you know. Whatever, Sam. There's a universal (laughs) bond between those two artists. Yeah, 311 and Willie? Yeah. Totally. I see it. Would you know? (laughs) It's kind of a phenomenon. (laughs) I like he's going with it, man. All right. (laughs) Well, on that note, we're over I wish we could uh, keep going. I think people don't care. Do you care? I don't care. care? I don't know if anybody's care. If they're listening, they're not being like, hurry this shit up. Well, you know, the guy that's over with. The guy that goes to work this long. In 30 minutes, he was like, fuck, that episode went over. They got to commute. They got to commute back. They should take take the tracks from uh, Salt Lake City Airport. No, you can take it downtown. Uh, You work downtown, you get right on it. There you go. Head home. It's tough to set up. 
that type of transportation here in this place because we're so spread out. Yep. It works for what we have, but it's not user friendly because no. you want to go to Salt Lake City for the night. It's it's a it's a long it's just not long way. It's just not great. It's not. It's better than nothing. It is better than nothing. There's no question. But coming from D.C. and New York and places like that, and obviously Korea, like, yeah, man. You just got to unlock. Yeah, that they really do. Figured out. Korea is the best for public transportation. You liked so it? Good. Oh, I loved Korean public transportation. How about Japan? Did you ever? Japan's go to Japan? is good. Japan's I liked is Cor- way good, dude. Japan's is way good. I liked Korea better though. Really? I don't know why. More user friendly, you think? Easier to navigate? I felt like it was easier to navigate in Korea than than uh, Japan. Um, I, I that's a se- that's a I, separate. I, I don't know. I I don't remember. One being more difficult, but we, we got around with yeah. little, you know, difficulty. So, yeah. I, I haven't been to Japan or Korea, so I don't know. Get cultured. Wow. Come on, Ryan. Wow. Hey, you got wow, edu- to you educate yourself so that we don't have so much trouble in this world. Right? Interesting. I want to have you back, Sam. Interesting. I got more questions for you. Sounds good. Now that we're... Over time, we gotta get you back. Out. We're, we're over time. That guy wow. got that guy. He parked, and now he's trying to like figure out should he go into work late and keep listening. He's sitting in the parking lot, yeah. going. He's pissed off. He pissed him off. And you know what? Up. You can. It's Chris's fault. He's, he's driving an Acura, I think. You can to, be mad at Chris. TBC to be continued. I don't think we're bringing him back. Um, <laughs> I'm half this podcast. Welcome back to <laughs> the good old US of A. Um, Congrats on your three boys. Welcome back to Utah. Love to meet the missus someday. Um, but I think we're going to have you guys over tomorrow. We are going to yeah. have them over tomorrow. We won't say what for. We'll, we'll talk about that on a We'll talk another time. Another day. Sounds good. Thanks Looking for coming all it. this way, dude. Thank you very much. Appreciate your, it. Your cool uh, breadth of knowledge upon the Dad Life podcast. Guys, until next time, stay positive and love your life. Later.